So the first thing is, is just to acknowledge that possibility of being beyond our normal conceptual way of thinking about ourselves or how things work or what we're able to do or not do. The second thing that we can do is get quiet enough that we can actually listen. It's hard to listen when everything is really busy. So we can um, look at the operation of our mental activities. So by this, I don't mean trying to stop the mind from thinking, to get quiet in that way. Um, what will uh, settle the mind down is becoming uh, more and more familiar with how it works. I don't, I don't mean the content of everything, the psychological content, that, that's more than, more than a lifetime's worth of work. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying that the nature of thought itself, how thought arises, um, how it functions within the mind, the nature of belief, That we can do, that we can look at closely. And that activity in the mind um, will remain highly activated, busy, noisy. Um, if we're looking to it for answers, or if we continue to assign it the role of um, manager and judge. Any of those things will keep it highly activated. When we can see that um, its capacity is to think conceptually, that's what it can do. It can think in, in words and concepts. <clears throat> and words and concepts are never ultimately true. Even the really good ones <laughs> are not ultimately true. So if we keep evaluating every thought that passes through our head, whether it's, it's uh, good or bad or right or real or um, painful, or we'll be, we'll be caught in that forever. Um, and we won't resolve it by opposing it. And if we give the mind the job to be the judge of what's true and what's not true. It'll stay in that role forever. But what we can do is just watch the nature of mind itself rather than trying to make the mind stop because it's the nature of the mind to think. So we, we need to let it do that. Um, but we can watch it carefully. That's what we can do. And watching it carefully um, allows us to see clearly how it operates. We, we can't both look at it objectively and manipulate it at the same time. If we're manipulating it, we're not watching it. We're watching it, we're not manipulating it. You know, So the way to really see it clearly objectively is to let it do its thing and pay attention you know, stay engaged. You know, we're not running away. We're not disengaging. 
we're allowing it to do its thing, but we're just watching it closely. Um, so that's, that's what we can do to sort of settle the mind down enough that we can hear, maybe not the spoken word, but we're sensitive enough, um, alert enough to, to know when a fresh, gentle breeze has entered the room. So we're not talking about somebody whispering or yelling in our ear. We're not talking, although it could happen. Um, you know, we're just talking about a, a movement, a gentle movement and becoming more and more in touch with that. And the third thing that we can do is act on those suggestions. You know, rather than blowing them off and saying, well, that doesn't make any sense how, you know, where will that lead to? And the answer is always, well, I don't know. There's the openness. There's the, the not knowing. So those three things we can do, we can, we can honor the source of this inspiration. Um, we can take our practice seriously enough uh, to have, you know, really closely examine what's happening in our head. And after a while, the mind does settle down. And the third thing that we can do is to become available um, to these sort of gentle suggestions. So, sometimes if we don't pay attention to the gentle suggestions, um, you know, God is forced to yell. We don't, we don't want to push her in that position. But that, that movement, if we're receptive to it, um, at first it might seem surprising, like, uh, like a one-time one event. You know, there was one movement that caused me to go in a different direction than I was headed. But if we uh, become more sensitive to that and um, develop a, a respect for that, a trust in that, um, then more and more uh, doesn't feel like just a one-off event. It more and more it's just how how life is moving, and it feels like um, you know our job is to listen, listen, and take the suggestion. And it's really that coming more and more into alignment with life. Um, and the more we do, the more available it is. It's uh, sort of a feed, feedback mechanism there. Um, so if we look at this uh, creativity in a, let's say a broader sense, um, Meister Eckhart was a, a 14th century uh, German Catholic mystic who's high up in the church hierarchy and bishop or something of that level. Um, but uh, he was certainly, certainly a mystic. And one, one of the things that um, a beautiful um, saying that I love is um, God is always begetting the only begotten. So we have this image by 
the, on, the only begotten, we're talking about the creation, the, the entirety of it, right? God is always begetting the only begotten. You know, in the, in the scientific Western mind, we have this idea that there was a big bang, everything got put into motion, and then it's been more or less hands-off since then. And things sort of evolved as they as they did. But this this um, image is, is totally opposite to that. Always begetting the only begotten, always begetting this one creation, right? Always renewing itself, always coming into form, always leaving form and renewing itself, coming into form in another way, moment to moment. It's not a one-time event. It's just this constant um, outpouring of um, creativity into form out of nothingness into form 